Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week, people. We are getting closer and closer to the return of the Premier League. I think we're all kind of relieved, I think, of the break when it came at the time it did after those three back, three, uh, three straight defeats, culminating, of course, in the FA Cup exit against Liverpool. Like I said, it kind of felt it felt like a good time. And it's not often that I want football to stop, but that did feel like a bit of a good time for everyone to have the, the reset, as Mikel Arteta was calling it, over in Dubai. But I'm certainly ready for it to come back now. Looking forward to it this weekend. Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Huge game at the Emirates. I will be there in the press box actually this weekend. Uh, so you get all the usual live match reporting stuff from me if that's what uh, you're into at the weekend. If you can't be watching the game and you're following it all on uh, social media, be at the press conference hopefully as well. Still waiting for the time of that to be announced by Arsenal. It is on Friday, but not sure if it's a morning or afternoon one. Yet yeah, we'll get the chance to speak to Mikel Arteta for the first time in a couple of weeks. Should get the very latest team news and injury news from him. Find out how things all went into Dubai. So we'll look at that game in today's show. Um, look at how we could potentially set up for that game. The decisions Mikel Arteta's got to make. We'll talk about uh, Victor Osman's been talking about his future. Doesn't say too much, but he has been speaking about his future. So we'll quickly go over what he's had to say. Of course, a player that we know that Arsenal are very much looking at. Uh, Cedric Suarez, we're going to talk about him. He is um, edging closer, not there yet, but closer to an exit this month. Um, so, yeah, plenty to discuss. And we'll start with Cedric, shall we? Not too much going on in the world of transfers, uh, not just at Arsenal, but anywhere in the Premier League at the moment. It is the quietest January you could possibly get, pretty much, aside from Tottenham. But, of course, they had about £110 million worth of Harry Kane money burning a hole in their pockets from the end of the summer transfer window that uh, they needed to start spending. They've done a bit of business. Aside from that, not much going on at all, whether that be incomings or outgoings. But Cedric Suarez is one player who could potentially leave Arsenal this month. The squad is not massive. 
They're reluctant to lose many players, if any, but I think the one sort of senior player who could potentially go and not make too much of an impact is Cedric Suarez. We know he's so far down the pecking order. He barely gets any opportunity. I don't think he's played in the Premier League this season. He's had a couple of appearances in the Cups um, and Arsenal would be willing to let him go should they strike a deal. And Besiktas are very much interested in Cedric Suarez. He's interested in him from elsewhere as well. Villarreal, one club, some clubs in Portugal as well. Besiktas are, as I'm aware, intensifying attempts to sign Cedric Suarez. Um, No it, we're not at the stage of them talking to the player yet or anything like that, but sort of informal talks behind the scenes are going on to see what sort of deal can be struck. Um, now, we know Cedric's out of contract at the end of the season, and it's a case of what, how can this deal be done? He's on big, big wages. Of course, we know that. He came in, he got that huge four-year contract when he signed from Southampton. Kind of last remaining sort of figure, I would say, from that contracts era that was going on at Arsenal. He's the last one remaining. Um, and, you know, it's big money for Besiktas to try and cover those sort of contracts. So there's there's sort of discussions going on about how this could work. Will it be a permanent transfer? Will it be a loan until the end of the season when then his contract will be up and then Besiktas can work something out with him? You know, I highly doubt Arsenal will be receiving any money for Cedric Suarez if this deal goes through, if a, if a sort of full agreement can be reached. Um but it's just one of those things for Arsenal. You know, if you get if you get Cedric, who's on a give or take around a hundred grand a week, which is big money for a player who basically doesn't play and has barely played since he arrived at Arsenal. You know, it's big, big money. Um, so if Arsenal can get him off the wage bill, then I think they will be fully accepting of that. Just for these six months, it will save them a lot of money. Whether that actually ends up happening, we'll have to wait and see. But Besiktas are very much interested in him. They've got a Portuguese manager, Fernando Santos, who's the manager who gave Cedric a lot of his international caps while he was playing for Portugal. So he knows him very, very well. He knows what Cedric's about. He's very keen to get him over there. And so, yeah, the talks are intensifying, but they're not at the final stages yet. So it remains to be seen whether or not it happens. But he is a player that Arsenal would be willing to let go um, in this transfer window. So we'll keep on top of that. And if I get any further updates on it, I will, of course, bring them to you. Victor Ostermen, then. Let's talk about him, shall we? Um, striker who we all know Arsenal are interested in or have been keeping tabs on over the last few years. I've spoken about it before that, you know, talks have, did take place with Ostermen's agent. He did fly into London Colney, had discussions with Edu um, in the summer that Arsenal signed Gabriel Jesus. It was always, Jesus was always the priority target. That was a player that Arsenal were hoping to get, but they were discussing to see what the deal was with Ostermen as well and that interest it it remains. It will, of course, it will. Arsenal need a striker. We know they're going to try and sign a striker, and he is a very, very good striker who could potentially be on the market. Whether Arsenal end up going, actually pushing the button and going for him, I don't know. He's going to cost big, big money, um, and so we'll have to wait and see. But he's a player who's absolutely keen on coming to England one day. He's never hidden that. He's been speaking to Sky Sports, obviously playing for um, playing over at Afcon at the moment, and he's been speaking about it. And he said, "Look, of course, one day." When he was asked, do you want to play in the Premier League? Definitely, but not for not for now. I have other plans in my career that I'm looking forward to. So when the time comes, everyone knows I'm happy with the president at Napoli. I have a good relationship with him. I cannot lie. He has been with me uh, since I signed for the club in 2020. Nelson signed a new contract recently for um, Napoli. I think that's been signed, hasn't it? Actually, having said that, I'm now doubting myself. It's been so long 
that the talks have been going on for Osman, but I'm pretty sure he has actually recently signed it. I should probably check while I'm talking now. So apologies, I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to type while um, recording, but I feel like he signed it, didn't he? Let's see. Yes, he did sign it. I was right. I don't, I was talk, I was beginning to talk myself out of it. So he signed it. We know there's that release clause in there, which is over a hundred million pounds. If anyone wants to sign him, it protects Napoli because he was his contract was running down, and there's clearly big interest in him. And I think it's a very well known secret. Uh, it's not a very well kept secret that he is going to come to the Premier League at some stage, um, and it will remain to be seen whether it be Arsenal or not. But look, he's a player that I certainly wouldn't say no to. Whether it ends up being him or Ivan Tony, we'll have to see. I know lots of you want Victor Osman. I see it in the comments all the time whenever I mention him or talk about him. So many of you replying, saying that Arsenal needs to go for him. He's the big name striker that they need that can take the club to the next level. I wouldn't disagree. You know, I don't sit there and watch Serie A over and over again. I don't watch Napoli over and over again. But whenever I do watch Napoli and whenever I do watch Osman, he looks a hell of a talent. You know, big, strong, quick, uh, great eye for goal, finishing excellent, really good in the air. Um, just has all the attributes you kind of look at and think, yeah, you can be a successful Premier League striker. Having those attributes, but then actually coming over here and doing it is another thing. Though We've seen lots of players who come over here and think, you're perfectly suited to the Premier League, but then he hasn't been able to do it, hasn't been able to maintain the sort of scoring record that they've had in other leagues. So whether he can do it, of course, is a big question mark. It looks like he can, but it, we'll have to wait and see. And we'll have to wait and see if it's Arsenal or Chelsea, who are a club that we know also very, very much interested in Victor Osman. But that's what he's had to say about a potential move to the Premier League. Now, also, I wanted to talk about this. If you hadn't seen it or you didn't watch it last night, Howard Webb popped up with his very nice PR exercise show, uh, gleefully put on for him by Sky Sports and Michael Owen, as usual, <laughs> yesterday, where they said a lot without saying anything, really. Although... Howard Webb did admit that Martin Odegaard's handball should have been a penalty at Anfield in the 1-1 draw. Um, not that he could have said anything else. I've said it on this show before. It was the most blatant penalty you're ever going to get. How that can possibly not be a penalty for handball, I have no idea. And just, the, I mean, obviously Arsenal benefited from that, so I can't complain too much. But it was just listening to the VAR yesterday. If you haven't seen it, you should go and find the audio. I'm going to say what they said now, but if you haven't seen it, go and watch it in real time and see how they talk about it. Because it just kind of sums up for me how rubbish VAR is, how badly it is being implemented. Because uh, I should say that, actually, it's not how rubbish VAR is. It's how rubbish the people trying to implement VAR are. Because VAR isn't a problem. It's the, people that are, it's the people that are trying to implement it. But the penalty wasn't given. On pitch, the referee said straight away, you can hear him say, no, the hand is on the floor. And, you know, that's obviously from his view, which was a very bad view because he was kind of blocked off by Odegaard. He believes Odegaard's putting his hand on the floor for balance because he slipped. And so because of that, it's not a handball. And so that's understandable. But then VAR look at it and you can see absolutely clearly that his hand is not on the floor. He slips, yes, but his hand is not on the floor. Um, and But the VAR, which was David Coote, I think, says, for me, and he's talking to his assistant, which is Lee Betts, he says, for me, Lee, he's falling down. He's moving his arm in towards him. So it's it's check complete for me. And Betts, who's the assistant VAR, who now obviously they sort of talk to and they have to both come to agreement before then doing the check complete, says, yeah, from the brief look I've seen, yeah, agreed, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Coote, before he basically finishes the sentence, says, check complete, on, on field, no penalty. And it just makes me laugh when, first of all, you hear Betts, the assistant referee, say, yeah, the brief look. So he's not even looked at it properly. He's admitting he's only had a brief look at it. He hasn't studied it properly yet. Uh, and just the speed it all happens at and how quick they are to just confirm the on-field decision, it just 
it's just so rubbish. It's so rubbish. And it's again, it just sums up to me how bad VAR. are. Now, obviously, I can't blame too much because Arsenal benefited from it and they didn't they didn't concede a penalty and Arsenal got a point. But for Liverpool point of view, if you're a Liverpool fan, you're watching that, you just think how it's just it's such a bad process for it to get to. And Howard Webb admitted afterwards it should have been a penalty. And he said everyone in the game who's you know spoken to afterwards, it should have been a penalty. The sort of independent commission that studied the incident and all voted on whether it should or shouldn't have been a penalty afterwards, voted four to one that it should have been a penalty. It was blatant. I've had Arsenal fans on here saying to me that it wasn't a penalty, which just blows my mind because it is absolutely a penalty. Um, and the whole thing, though, just listening to it yesterday and watching that again, it just made, it just shows everything is wrong with how VAR is being implemented, how quickly they are to trying to push things through, how determined they are to stick with the on-field decision when it's clearly, clearly a big error on the pitch and yeah I just said that the whole thing just you all know I'm not a fan of VAR I'm watching that last night just kind of again explained exactly to myself why I'm I'm just I have no trust in them getting the uh, getting the correct decisions hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right, quickly moving on then, let's focus on the game against Crystal Palace. As I said, huge game against Crystal Palace this weekend for Arsenal. Team news-wise, the early team news or injury news that we have, obviously Zinchenko is still a big, big doubt for this game. We haven't seen him over training yet um, with the team and with the squad in Dubai. So I think it's safe to say he is certainly going to be a big doubt for this one, whether or not he plays. You think if he doesn't, then it will have to be... Um, Jakub Kivior at left back unless Mikel Arteta is thinking of something else um, obviously Tomiyasu is away with Japan at the moment Elneny away with Egypt Thomas Partey doing well progressing well but this game was always going to be too early for him you're in Timber of course we got those really exciting glimpses of him but uh, while over in Dubai doing his training and things like that but of course this game is far far too uh, too early for him so that's not going to happen but Zinchenko is the big one you know whether or not you can have Zinchenko back you know Jesus should be back and that'll be great I imagine he'll certainly start the game but if Zinchenko is not fit then again you're looking at Kivior at left back and then it's like what do you do do you play Kivior as a more out and out left back like we saw in the shift in formation the shift in system we saw against Liverpool where it was more of a traditional back four I thought for that game and then you had Jorginho and Declan Rice playing more as a two as a basically sort of double pivot in front of the back four? Or do you try and play the 4-3-3 system that we've become accustomed to with Kivior moving in and doing the inverted role? So those are the big decisions that Mikel Arteta's had to make. You guys have been getting in touch with some decisions about, you know, what you think the team should be at the weekend or how you think it should set up. A couple of interesting suggestions here. Real Nostradamus says he wants to see a 3-4 
two one with Gabriel Saliba and White as a back three, Nelson as a right wing back, uh, Jorginho and Rice holding sort of in, in the two, and then uh, Bukayo Saka as a left wing back, and then Havertz, Odegaard, and Martinelli as the front line. So no Jesus for him or start ESR anywhere. Uh, yep, I would not be uh, not be unhappy to see ESR start, but it's not going to happen. I think we all probably know that. And then Phantom Six Man Eight Eight O Seven says that he's now vouching for Havertz at left back. Obviously, we saw a play for Germany. A few of you have been in touch and said that over the last sort of month or so. Um, says if it was up to me, if Sinchenko is fit, I'd push him in to be left eight and put Havertz as our left back. Saw Havertz play there for Germany, albeit only for a game, and he played well. And he showed so far this season he can get stuck in defensively and his ability to read spaces could be useful for him to invert. Zinchenko should be playing as a midfielder as he's not really a defender. Um, yeah, and I agree. Look, I would like to see Zinchenko play in that left eight role. I've talked about it before. I've asked Mikel Arteta about it before. But the signs are that's just not going to happen because he's had opportunities to do it and he hasn't done it. So I can't imagine it's going to happen. And I absolutely don't want to see Kai Havertz at left back. I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I know he's done it for Germany before, I think, uh, that's not going to happen again for Germany. I think Nagelsmann came out and admitted that, didn't he? That he's not going to be doing it again. And I don't want to see Havertz playing at left-back for Arsenal. Absolutely not. But I uh, understand everyone's got their own opinion on it. And that's obviously what Phantom um, Phantom wants to see it this weekend. So we'll wait and see what Mikel Arteta does. Moving on to some other question and comments from you guys now away from the game. He said, Charles, and this is one from Burkamp 48 And this is in response to me talking yesterday about how... Um, how, although at the moment it doesn't look like this is a tight win inside, things can change. And I pointed to where Arsenal were around the Christmas time in 97, 98 and 2001, 2002 as well. Um, Burkamp's replied to this, Burkamp 48 says, Charles, the big difference between this season and Wenger's first double, still have my red JVC shirt. In 97, 98, we were chasing one team, United. This year, there's four other sides in the mix. One or two may falter, but the chance of them all stumbling in the second half of the season is slim to nil. I do agree with that, yeah, 100%. But I don't think Arsenal need a load of sides to stumble for them to go on and win the title this season. I'm still looking at just two for me. I know at the moment they're obviously just sitting fourth. They could have been fifth had Tottenham got the result they needed at Manchester United. But I still, for me, I'm still looking at just Liverpool and Manchester City as the teams to beat this season. I think if Arsenal can do that, and remember, if Arsenal beat Palace at the weekend, play win their game in hand, then they're going to go back to third anyway in the league. So I'm still looking at City and Liverpool as the two teams to beat for Arsenal rather than Manchester, well, certainly not Manchester United, but rather than Tottenham, Aston Villa, those sort of things. But I agree, look, it is still, it's looking a lot less likely now because of the recent run that Arsenal have been on. Um, but I'm still not ready to totally rule it out yet. There is still a possibility, but they've got to get back to winning ways and they've got to get back to winning ways very, very quickly. Uh, here's one from Adrian says, Hey, Charles, I'm an avid subscriber from Trinidad and Tobago who quite enjoys your content. Quite enjoys. Um, good. Hopefully I can continue to uh, to produce content and you might like to start to really enjoy my content at some time. But I hope you're well, Adrian. I have a beautiful part in the world over there, Trinidad and Tobago. As many of you are aware, my mother came from St. Lucia, uh, not St. Lucia, sorry, St. Vincent. Um, I've been to St. Lucia, went on my honeymoon in St. In St. Lucia, but my mum was from St. Vincent, came over here uh, when she was 18 uh, to become a nurse, and married my dad, who was from Arsenal. So I've got one, one parent from Arsenal, one parent from uh, St. Vincent. Very, very different. Uh, so yes, and you said, I do have a question. Do you think Zubamendi and Anana are both possible targets to replace any outgoings from our field this summer? Keep up the good work still. Thank you. Um, Yes, I do think they're realistic targets. Um, 100%. Zuba Mendy, we know, is a player that Arsenal like and have been following for a long, long time. 
always looked like an unlikely one again for the for this month. He, Sociedad doing very very well. They're in the Champions League. He is very happy at Sociedad as well. It's going to be a big emotional t- um, thing for him to to leave that club. He does have a release clause that is not overly expensive in modern football as well, of around sort of sixty million, I think. Um, Barcelona very interested by Munich as well, interested in him. I think he'll go in the summer and I think Arsenal will be certainly be in the mix to do that. They're going to have to do some things for their central midfield. They're going to have to, they're going to have to replace some aging players and players out of contract or come into the end of their contracts. And I think Zubamendi and to some respects, Anana as well will certainly be players that they are looking at as potential players to come in. Whether it happens, I can't see it right now and say it will, but I think there's certainly possible targets, both of them, um, to come in and improve the midfield for the next few years. Here's one from Nafe. He says, question for tomorrow. Would you rather Arsenal get the Champions League final this season or Arsenal take it to the last game to win the title? Oh, this is such a difficult question. So many people have asked me this. What would you rather, Champions League or the Premier League? Personally, for me, I'd rather Arsenal win the Premier League. I want to see Arsenal win the Premier League. It's been 20 years. The Champions League, at the end of the day, as brilliant as it is, and as much as Arsenal have never won it before, it is a cup competition. Tottenham got to the final, for God's sake, a few years ago. Um, so it is a cup competition. You don't have to be the best to win the Champions League. Um, you have to be the very best to win the Premier League, is for me. And I think that is, a, that is the bread and butter. Arsenal play in England. That is their league. And it would mean everything for me to win the league. I'm not going to say no to the Champions League, believe me. Um, but if it means Arsenal... If you put saying, yeah, you get to the Champions final or you get to the final day where you've got a chance of winning the Premier League title, for me, it would be the Premier League title. But uh, I'm sure others will have a different opinion on that. Just a quick one to end here from Peter. It says, do you think focus on the profitability and sustainability could effectively end the viability of the January transfer window other than loans? would be good to get your views on this. Yeah, potentially. Look, we're seeing it this month. Certainly, all pretty much every club is sitting there with one eye on um, profit and sustainability guidelines and how close they are to it. We've seen it. There's been barely any money spent this January from anyone. There's been barely any business done. How Sky Sports are managing to keep going with their big transfer trackers and stuff through this month, I have no idea. Thankfully, I stopped watching Sky Sports um, a long time ago uh, for their transfer news. But uh, I imagine they're struggling right now. Um, and and I think it is definitely having an impact. There's no doubt about it. People, clubs are worried about it and they're having to be. They're having to work very, very um, close to the to the guidelines because a lot of money has been spent and at the moment wages are going up and uh, transfer fees are going up but these guidelines were all set quite a long time ago so I think they're going to have to be looked at I think they are going to be looked at and changed to give clubs a little bit more leeway but um, yeah I, look, last January was a very busy one and there was lots of money spent this one's a little bit different but I don't think we're going to see ones like this month all the time I think that's just the way things are going this month. So thank you very much for your question, Peter. And thank you very much, everyone, for your time. Appreciate it. As always, I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, have a very good day. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.